What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. Today is going to be a fun episode because I am in the hot seat today. My friend Courtney, who has interviewed me before on a previous solo episode, is going to interview me again today for a birthday episode. My birthday is this week on the 21st, and so we thought it would be cool to do a little recap of the last year. So, Courtney, I'm just going to let you take it away from here. (laughs) I feel like you deserve a really bomb intro. It's your birthday. You (laughs) intro so many other people, and I feel like you don't get enough credit. So... I'm so excited to have Nicole Evenoff on the show today. <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> Nicole is a wife, a business boss babe, to say the least. She has so many amazing things going on. Photography probably being her biggest focus. It's amazing. This podcast is on its way to thousands and thousands of downloads, which thank you to all the people listening. But really, today is a celebration of Nicole. And we just, I know as a listener of the show that... We have questions. I'm scared. Nothing scary this episode. I hate being in the hot seat. But we do (laughs) love just hearing about your life and hearing everything that you have going on, your dreams, your aspirations. And so today, we're just going to deep dive into all things Nicole. And happy birthday. Thank you. 32 and just thriving. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this show called Dream Check, but the way we start every episode (laughs) is by asking the guest, what is a dream that you have right now? Personally, I think the biggest one I can think of right now is to be pregnant. I love that. That's the first one that came to mind. I can't wait for you to be pregnant. Stay tuned. Mila's going to want to be a babysitter. Aw. Okay, so that dream you have right now, how do you see that fitting into like your, I mean, that's a pretty big dream. How do you see it fitting into your your current life? I mean, you're shooting 30 weddings a year and what's the plan? I mean, this has probably been one of the most challenging things I've had to navigate within business because obviously... I book weddings a year or less in advance. And obviously, if I'm pregnant, then I can't book a wedding if I'm going to be pregnant, like nine months pregnant, I obviously can't shoot a wedding or if I'm going to have a newborn. And like, you can't predict like when you're going to get pregnant or how long it will take or how quick it will take. And so I've kind of like have this window of time where I'm like, okay, please, God, like, I hope I get pregnant. So I have this window of time where I'm not taking any weddings And if all goes to my plan, then we're good. If it's not my plan, then we'll, we'll, we'll just have to, you know, take it as the day goes by. Cause it's been really, it's been really hard to navigate. So it's safe to say the goalie is taken off out of the picture. The goalie is out of the net. Love (laughs) Also some big moves you have going on in your life. You moved into a house. My gosh. It has been, yes, we moved, what's today? Monday, we moved, we got the keys on Friday. Nico and I saw it for the first time together on Saturday. We had the movers come Saturday. We worked with um, this company called Clutter. They are absolutely amazing. They did all the packing for us, which this is not an ad, by the way, it kind of sounds like it. (laughs) They did all the packing for us. They moved everything, which honestly saved us so much time because this move kind of came out of nowhere. And both of our lives are so insanely busy with work right now. So it really helped having them kind of do all that for us. But yeah, we moved on Saturday and the story behind the house is really just, you know, we had a couple weeks ago, maybe two and a half weeks ago, we were on like a date night and this conversation kind of just came up. But, you know, we have our apartment was a two bed, two bath and we had our master bedroom and then the spare room was supposed to be a shared office space. And it kind of just turned into Nico's office because, you know, his company, he works from home full time and he's on video calls all day. So it was really hard um, for both of us to be in there. And it just made more sense for him to have the office. And so I've just been like when I'm not shooting, I'm, you know, sitting on the couch for eight hours straight editing. And I just kind of got to a place where I just felt unproductive and just really wanted my own space and Originally, we were thinking of end of the year, looking for like a new place 
you know, thinking about getting pregnant and all that, I just really wanted to be in a bigger spot, be in a cute suburban neighborhood where I could potentially push a stroller, have a dog with a yard and like kind of more like family friendly area, definitely more suburban. So we kind of just got on the same page about moving like sooner than the end of the year. And I was out of town in Florida for two weddings. I found a spot on Zillow. I was a crazy person, like refreshing Zillow every 15 minutes. And this place popped up Sent it to Nico right away. I called the realtor, didn't send the email, called them because the numbers are on there. So if you see a spot you love, just call the realtor. So I called them. Nico scheduled scheduled an appointment, went over there. I was like, do not leave that house. Like he FaceTimed me. I was shooting a wedding. It was dinner. I took the FaceTime. He's going taking me through the house on FaceTime. And I was like, do not leave there without getting an application for the house. And it's first come, first serve. And we were technically second in line, but the guy before us was a no-show. So we got bumped to first. And long story short, we were approved 24 hours later. And we were supposed to move in the next week, but the landlord let us move in 15 days later. So we technically still have our current apartment until the end of the month, but we are officially all moved out. So it's been a whirlwind, definitely have a lot going on on top of like a move. So like trying to prioritize like work, but also like having a space to sleep and like clean clothes and like kitchen accessories. So yeah, kind of just day by day right now, but we're so obsessed. It's a four bed, three bath. So plenty of space for family to visit when we do have kids. We can each have our own office, a baby's room, beautiful yard, cute little family-friendly neighborhood. I'm so excited. And I got, I had the pleasure of seeing the house actually because we were going to record this podcast episode there. (laughs) What were we even thinking? Part of me when I was loading up the podcast gear to take it over there, I was like, what are the odds that we actually do this today? We spent the day at like Home Goods and Target and having the best time. I just want to point out, though, that two weeks ago in our Connect group, we asked everyone, what's a dream that you have right now, like a God dream, and your dream was to have more space. Mm-hmm. That was two weeks ago, and now your dream is to have a baby. I would yeah. say you're on pretty good. You I'm, on, I'm on a good track right now. Could yeah. be pregnant right now, for all we know. Stay I'm tuned. Prayers up. Okay, what's been your favorite thing that you've purchased for the house so far that like you're the most excited about? Um, okay, so I haven't even opened it yet, but I found this piece of art on Facebook Market from this lady in San Diego who designed it herself. And it's so beautiful and stunning. I haven't even opened it yet because we just moved on Saturday and I didn't want to open it before we got into the house because I didn't want to like take it out of the box. But it's like a huge white textured, like almost like cement shapes in like a light wood frame. And it's really Sounds big. great. And I just like that this cute old lady like made it and is selling it in this cute little antique shop. And she was so sweet. And yeah, I'm a, that's probably my most exciting purchase so far. Can't wait to see that. You'll have to post it for us so we can see. Yes. I mean, what am I saying? Everyone go make sure you're following Nicole's <laughs> personal page because the house tours are amazing. I will be sharing the artwork once I take it out of the box or once I find it in the house is probably the better, the better <laughs> chance of me posting a picture of it. So the real reason we're here right now, your birthday. (laughs) Your birthday has given me the opportunity to put you in the hot seat and talk about this last year. So let's talk about it. What is like your biggest takeaway without hesitation that you would say you've learned in the year of being 31? I think the number one thing I've learned in the last year, you know, I've only been married just under two years. I think what I've learned is... There's no such thing as a perfect wife. I think even before I was married, just in my friendships and relationships, I really struggle with being a good friend and just being a good helper. And just, I really care what people think, even if they're not even thinking about it. And so for me, when I jumped into this, not jumped, but when I became a wife, like that role is so huge and important. And, you know, I carry it with such high honor. And so... I feel like if I'm having a bad day and can't serve Nico in the way that I desire to, it makes me feel like I'm not being a good wife. And that's obviously just like a lie of the enemy. I genuinely love cooking for him and I love serving him in any way I can. And so if I'm having a stressful day or I want to sleep in, 
and I don't cook him breakfast, like I get down on myself. Like he has never asked me to cook for him. He will never put that pressure on me. It's more me. Like I'll text him, babe, I'm so sorry. I didn't have time to cook you breakfast. Like I overslept and now I need to like go to a shoot. And then like, I know he's hungry and then I feel bad. And then I'm like, crap, I'm a bad wife. And so, and that is just a little thing. It could even be like, if I am having a bad day or I've had a long like work week and I'm just frustrated and say, I like, I don't know, I have like just an attitude all week for no reason or I'm PMSing, whatever. Like I get really down on myself during those times where I'm just like, babe, am I like a bad wife? And of course he's like, you're joking, right? Like I would, and it's so funny, like God will use Nico in so many ways to reaffirm me. Like I'll be in my head. Like, I feel like I'm not being a good wife today. And Nico will just text me out of nowhere and be like, I just want to let you know you're the best wife ever. Like, I love you so much. Thanks for all that you do. I'm like, I didn't even cook you breakfast today. I feel so bad. But I'm really thankful that wife caliber is not dictated on cooking food (laughs) I literally can't cook I think that's just me and like I grew up in a house where my mom cooked every meal and like genuinely loved doing it like that's the role that I saw and so I love to do that so when I feel like I can't serve him in those ways it makes me feel like a bad wife and so yeah I think that would be one of the biggest things that I've learned in this last year what do you feel like you've learned spiritually this year like what's something that you feel like Maybe you just maybe not in a correction way, but just in like a newness way, like a new side of God that you found or a new spiritual just element in your life that you've experienced. I think something that I've always known, but have to I've I've almost like rediscovered it is like God will meet you anywhere. And so I'll kind of again, like be in my head. I travel a lot for work. So I'll say, oh, I'm so busy. I didn't have time to like journal today or didn't have time to read my Bible today or like, I'm, you know, stuff like that. I forget that like, that's okay. Like if I, if I didn't read my Bible today, God's not mad at me. Like I could literally spend two minutes in the bathroom break during a wedding and just like talk to God for two minutes. And there's no difference. Like, I think I used to compare myself to other Christians and sometimes even to Nico, like his devotion time to God is like unlike anything I've ever seen. He is at the same time every day spending 45 minutes journaling, reading his Bible, doing his devotion. And I, I used to compare myself to him in a lot of ways because I feel like my devotional daily devotion wasn't as strong as his. And I think this year I learned that God's not look like comparing how Christians devote their time to him. Everyone's devotion life looks different. I think as long as you're spending time with God in your own way, that's unique to you and God, it doesn't have to look like everyone else's. And so I've learned to like give myself grace on those days where like, I don't have time to spend 30 minutes reading my Bible. And that doesn't mean I'm less connected to God or less of a Christian. That reminds me, Bill Johnson, who is someone that like we both admire from Bethel, he um, he says people will talk to him about that exact thing. Like, what makes me like a good Christian or like what is considered good quality time? And he said, if I eat cereal every day for a week, I have no clue which cereal I ate and it doesn't matter. It sustained me mm-hmm. like something as small as cereal. It doesn't have to be like this massive feast every single time, but just little snacks and mm-hmm. You know, God, God just wants our hearts. He doesn't need like our, Yeah, <laughs> it's not this religious, like structured thing. It's literally like our hearts, you know? Yeah. He also says when people um, talk about getting bored, doing quality time and falling asleep, like when they read their Bible, he's always <laughs> like, well, I never got upset when my kid fell asleep in my lap. Mm. You know, like there's wow, just no so right or wrong way to do it. Like yeah. God knows us more than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if we're just giving him a little bit, like he sees what he sees it for what it is. Yeah. I think too, when it comes to prayers, like I used to really uh, criticize myself with having short prayers or not really having those long shouting, powerful prayers, like a lot of Christians I know have. And then I remember like, why God says to have childlike faith, because when a kid or a baby prays, they're like, God, I I pray I have good dreams tonight, or I pray that my parents buy me this toy. It's like, that's genuinely what's on their heart. And that's what they say. And it doesn't have to be this long winded three to 10 minute prayer conversation. It can literally just be two words, one simple statement. 
And that's something that I have learned too. It, it, there's no correct way to pray. Every prayer, big or small, is equal in power. I know that a lot of people wonder, and even when we're together and people are like, oh my gosh, how have you been in the industry this long and made it? So many people I know have questions about your business life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that you still are learning just as your friend. I've like seen that it's something you're still learning to give yourself credit for. I mean, you're booking insane you know, clients and you're getting extremely rare opportunities to do things in your photography space. I want you to like share a little bit about looking back at the year of 31 in your business life. What are some of the biggest lessons that you have now looking back and say, wow, I wish I could have told myself in year one, these things. This last year, I've really learned that there's actually more power in a no than a yes. And what I mean by that is when you say no to the good, you're opening the door to say yes to the great. And even though like the no to the good might feel really like this could be a really good opportunity, but if you're wrestling with it, it's probably not supposed to be for you. And you probably, your gut wants to say no. And so I've kind of learned to say no to those things that way. Like, and I just believe that God's holding that for something bigger. And so on top of that, I, I think I've just really learned, and you helped me a lot with this, but like my value and what I do, I mean, I've been doing it. This will be, I guess this will be 10 years. I started my business at 22. So 10 years I've been doing this and I feel like I've done a pretty good job. And again, like you've helped me with this, but raising my prices to to a point where, okay, this is worth my time because my priorities have shifted since becoming a wife. Like I really value being at home with my husband, like he works during the week and I work weekends. And so I don't want to be booked every single weekend because I want to have quality time with my husband. And so saying no to certain jobs that don't really align with my beliefs, A, or two, like my priorities. And so obviously this is my career and I love it literally with every ounce of of myself. But I do think that there comes a point in time where your priorities shift and I don't, I'm also not at a point where I need to say yes to everything. Like I've been so blessed financially and so many amazing opportunities that I am at a place where I can say no if something does not fit into my life right now. I think sometimes as like business owners and also we are the product and the service at the same time, we forget that business one-on-one, like the first thing you learn, even in high school is this term called supply and demand. Mm -hmm. But what you have to remember and what I think you've really realized this year is you are the demand. It's crazy. And like, I'm not going to say that because like, obviously I try to like remain humble, but I have like, I'm getting more inquiries than I've ever received in my 10 years of business. Like when it's overwhelming, like, and I don't mean that in like a not humble way, but like I'm getting so many emails on the daily for weddings, for engagements, for family sessions that I literally cannot say yes to everything, even if I wanted to. And with that said, like, I still like to make time for for free shoots for people. Like, I do feel like this is a God-given gift and we are supposed to share our gifts with other people. And so who would I be to not, if I feel like God has put it on my heart to bless someone with a, with a photography session or with, if it's a wedding, like, I try to be very obedient in that. If God is asking me to bless someone with my gift, then like I'm going to do it. And it's important to me to make room in my schedule to bless people with photography as well. And so if I'm taking on too much, then I don't have the bandwidth to bless people. So this next question might take a little bit of thinking, but in business, what's a move you made this last year that you wish you could undo? Because I think we could probably all really learn from that. Like, was there a gig you said yes to and you know you shouldn't have? Or was there like something you bought that you didn't need? Or like, what was a business move that you made this year that you probably like looking back, you're like, "Mm, didn't need that. Purchase wise, anything I've bought for my business has has been in really good use. So I think purchase wise, I have no regrets. And and I wouldn't say regrets in any way. I think there it, it is just lessons learned. Kind of like I said last year, I, I did commit to a lot of free work last year. I think I did like maybe four or five free weddings last year to bless people, which who am I to say, like, I'm, I would never take those back, but I did learn in that because a lot of them were travel weddings that 
that time away also, it's not just the wedding day, you know, so it's the weekend. Like I have to be gone the whole weekend. And there were so many weekends that I was away from Nico that I kind of really learned, like I need to pray about the people and the, the situations in which I feel called to bless someone because it does take away from a paid work and be time away from my husband. So I think I learned in the last year to be more, to more carefully uh, consider the jobs I am taking and the time I'm going to be gone. Cause I'm so eager to bless someone that I forget, like, this isn't just a one day thing. This is a whole weekend, you know, that I'm going to be gone. And so again, it's, I wouldn't say it's a regret, but more of like a lesson learned moving forward and just thinking into like becoming a mom. Like I can't be doing that once I have like children. And so really learning, like if it's a local thing, totally. But how many destination weddings I can take on once I'm a mom is not going to be the same as when I'm single or not a mom. When you look at the rest of this year at 32 now in your business, take like family, personal life out of it. What is a goal in your business that you would like to see happen or like a shift that you would like to see take place? I would really like to teach more. I think that will be a really cool opportunity once I do have kids. So if I wanted to do 10 to 20 weddings a year versus 30 or 35 and still not have a profit loss, I think being able to be home and create marketing courses, photography courses, whether it's eBooks or mentor, more, more mentorships, more workshops, I would love to get more involved in that. And this year I really want to prioritize time to make that happen. So that that's probably a goal for this next year is prioritizing moving forward, how I can teach more and shoot less. What's been something that I know it's hard to uh, a lot of your clients like listen to your show, but (laughs) what's been your biggest like oops this year? Like did anything happen that you're like, oh crap. (laughs) I'm trying to think. So, okay. I wouldn't say it's like an oops, but more of like a lesson learned. I feel like whenever I'm in a place where I'm so busy and taking on so much that sometimes my brain gets confused and overwhelmed and I'm like more easily to make a mistake, like a small mistake when my brain is all flustered or when I have so many emails and I'm communicating with so many different brides that I'm like, I'm going to forget something or I'm going to mess up someone's name or make a mistake in some way. It like never fails. There was recently, I shot a wedding. I'm not going to say where or for who, but I had a second shooter cancel on me less than 24 hours before the wedding. And when I say I have never been more panicked in my entire life because I'm not in California, so I'm out of my, like... Your network. My network. So this was one hour before the rehearsal dinner, the day before the wedding. She just sends me a text and is like, hey, so sorry. Um, I haven't gotten a contract or a timeline from you yet. So I booked another job for tomorrow. And I'm going to carefully use my nice words for this podcast. But I almost lost my salvation over this. (laughs) I was so mad from like a business standpoint, like. I didn't go off on her. I was like still professional, but very much like, how can you do this to another wedding photographer 24 hours before the wedding? Mind you, I've never done second shooter contracts because I have the same network of people I work with and they're all my friends. And so I just have trusted everyone that works for me. So I never thought about it. And so very long story short, I spent, this was not... Sorry to chime in, but didn't you just like talk to her the week before? Three days before we confirmed everything. And so I I can't even get into why she canceled because it's it's pointless. It makes no sense. Courtney's laughing. I'm laughing because she's normally so sweet. Also, this must have been a really big deal to even say something like that. I don't think I have ever, I don't remember the last time I was that like upset about something in the last couple of years. Long story short, so I'm going to the rehearsal dinner and I was so flustered that I forgot my flash and we're in like such a dark lit, (laughs) the rehearsal dinner was in like a speakeasy. And I was just like, I walked in and I was like shocked at how dark it was, made it, made it work, of course, because I'm a professional. I took them outside for the photos. Everything ended up looking so good. But yeah, I think I was so flustered with that whole situation. Ended up finding someone that night, like this happened at 4 p.m., found someone at like 9 p.m. 
come and second shoot the wedding. She was such a blessing. She was so good, so professional, so sweet. And um, yeah, I think the lesson learned in that is to have second shooter contracts. <laughs> good to know. Good to yes. know. So that was my that was my oops. Okay, let's stay on this oops train. I'm enjoying this oops train. <laughs> what is an oops purchase that you bought that has nothing to do with work? Like whether it be a, an, a clothing item or like a furniture piece or like oh, an I Amazon, have, a random Amazon purchase. I have one. I have this like impulse issue whenever I have a trip coming up, I have to buy and I have to buy new outfits for the trips. I have a million things in my closet with tags on them, but when I'm going somewhere new, I need a new outfit. So this was for Christmas. So we were going home for Christmas and found this really cute outfit on Urban Outfitters. It was like a green, super soft, like winter material pant set. And the top was like a zipped up green, had fur around the neck, fur on the sleeves. It was like, like the Grinch. Exactly. It was like $300 for the set. <laughs> had to have it, bought it, planned on wearing it for some cute snow picture in Detroit for Christmas, ended up getting COVID, was sick as a dog over Christmas, never wore it. Like, okay, I can make this cute in LA. No, didn't happen. But the best part of the story is I purchased that in December. As I'm packing for the, to move, I found it and it still had the tags on it. I never took the tags off. So I'm like, I wonder if I can return it. Went on Urban Outfitters on my like account it said it wasn't eligible for return after January, but it let me submit the return. So I just sent them back and I got a full refund. Let's go. <laughs> you, uh, favor ain't fair. The Lord really blessed you. On that. <laughs> Thank you. Another oops. What's a relationship oops that you could do over? Like, did you have a moment this last year where you're like, crap, I just really shouldn't have said that. Or if I could take that back, I would have taken this back. Like with your mom or Nico or like a friend, what was something that if you could just kind of like hit rewind and just it never happened, what would it be? I think something I really struggle with is saying I'm sorry. I think that it wasn't something modeled to me as in growing up at all and not to like bash my parents in any way. It just obviously wasn't modeled to them either. And so everything is usually swept under the rug and like you just move on. So a lot of times things are just bottled up. And so I think whenever I do something wrong, even if I like snap at Nico or like have an attitude or like assume the worst of him in a situation, it's really hard for me to like come back and say, I'm sorry that I thought the worst of you. I, I know like I should always think the best and assume the best in every situation involving you. And it's really like it's easy for me to say that now, but like in the moment, like it's so hard for me to apologize. And honestly, that's something like I want to continue to work on and grow in in this next year is like really owning my small mistakes. Because a lot of times I'm like, oh, he doesn't care. It's not a big deal. But I know how far it would go if I actually did just say I'm sorry especially because he's like not expecting it. <laughs> but You'd he doesn't like, care. Who are you? Yeah, exactly. But you also like never really do anything wrong. Well, maybe not it to you. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I would say you're definitely a low maintenance friend, which is probably why I've clung <laughs> to our relationship. <laughs> I feel like I'm a low maintenance human being for the most part. And I think it ties into like, I never want to burden people. I always just want to be helpful in any way. So as a friend or as a partner, if I ever feel like I'm doing too much, then like I panic. Well, I think as an Enneagram too, you know, I it's always a, have to bring it back to the yeah. Enneagram <laughs> as a help, like that helper role. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you as a friend, I see that in you a lot that you're always willing to help or you're always willing to like take that call. If someone were yeah. to ever text you SOS, you would be like, what, like, mm -hmm. what is it? I, even I remember you telling me earlier this year about a few people that, like would text you just like about relationships, like strangers, people you never mm -hmm. met that had connected with you, whether through like a connect group or church or whatever. And you just always answering the phone and being like, <laughs> do you need to talk? Even today, um, we had like a piece of our couch delivered and the workers were like carrying it in and they were like so sweaty and it was so hot and the piece was so heavy. And they, as he was walking out, I like ran to the fridge and grabbed two cold waters and I like ran him out to the truck. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Here's two cold waters. You must be so hot. Like I just <laughs> felt bad that he was carrying this heavy piece of furniture. Like, let me help you hydrate. 
What's something that you're still progressing in? Like something that it, you've recognized it in year 31 and now into year 32, you still want to get better at it? I think kind of what I just touched on about like really owning up to my faults and being able to like apologize when it's needed and also learning to say no. I think it's something I've really recognized in this last year and something I want to continue to grow in and like be really good at. And what I mean is I want to be able to say no without feeling bad because I'm able to say no now, but it lingers in me for days. Like, oh, I should have just said yes, I feel really bad. Instead of just being like, nope, I can't, I'm so sorry. And then never think about it again. And also I think, and this also ties into like being able to say I'm sorry. I think forgiveness, like being able to like accept or give forgiveness to others is also something that I struggle with, especially when there's a lot of like hurt and pain with it. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but just like my two friendship breakups is something that, you know, that happened in 2020 and it's 2022. And I'm, I think I'm the best I've ever been with the situation now, but it, it has been something that has probably been the biggest burden on me and in my head for the last two years. And just really learning that forgiveness is not for others, it's for you and that there's freedom in it. And that's something that I'm really, really, it's a daily, like, it's a daily mental struggle of, okay, well, this triggered me, now I have to forgive them again and again. And my brain is like, how often am I, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Like, when am I going to be over this breakup, this friendship breakup? Well, I think part of the reason why it's harder for you is because you do have in a good way, such strong empathy and sympathy for people. Like you're able to see a situation, put yourself in that person's shoes and like feel everything that they're feeling. Whereas mm -hmm. like, I totally can't do that. I look at someone and I'm like, I'm sure there's a way around that and you'll figure it out. <laughs> but you have a really like God given way of looking at someone feeling compassion for them, like putting yourself in their shoes. And so I think in general and forgiveness and like what makes it hard is you feel everything on, on that side of it. Like mm -hmm. if I did this, I would feel all these things. How could someone feel that? But yeah. odds are they're probably not feeling like in any situation, not just yours, but yeah. in, odds are whenever there's any type of situation that goes down between two friends or two coworkers, like you're thinking, how could anyone treat me this way or do this? I dealt with that with a boss. I was just like, how could someone mm -hmm. treat me like this? But yeah. odds are they're not even thinking through. They have no clue. Yeah. I mean, even the girl who stood me up the day before the wedding, like even thinking about that, like, yeah, I forgive her. But I'm when I actually think about it, I'm like so irritated all over again. Like, how could you do that? I'm so like, what is going on in your brain that would make you think? I think because I have so much empathy that I can't understand when other people don't. And so then that makes me like even more like hurt and upset. Like, how could someone do that? Like, how is someone wired that way where they couldn't see someone else's perspective or point of view? I just think everyone is selfless and I forget that they're not. And so that bothers me. <laughs> and so I think this next year, I, I think I've said I've given it to God in the last two years. And I think it's really been the last like maybe three to five months that I've actually surrendered it to God and really, really deeply have worked on extending forgiveness, not for them, but for, for the sake of my mental. Okay, looking back on this year, this year you launched a podcast. In 31, you literally conceptualized, launched, and put out a really amazing podcast. Like it's trending in, in other countries. Like I think that people, a lot of people started podcasts this year and you have done a really good job, I think, of making your podcast so you without mm -hmm. wavering to just what is popping off. Like I feel mm -hmm. like over time your podcast is gonna have such a committed following because you were true to who you were but in that of the podcast that you released this year which one has been your favorite well I'm sure there's like maybe two like which one has been your favorite for your audience and which one has been your favorite for you I think the two I can think of um number one the episode with Ivy on he who finds a wife because that episode I feel like kind of summed up a little bit of my testimony I think that 
Ivy was such a huge part in like my, what I feel like is my ministry today, which is helping women, you know, realize their worth and value when it comes to relationships and who they choose to spend the rest of their life with, which is a huge decision that God cares so much about. And I never realized that when I was dating um, until, you know, I, God and I finally got together and I just had so much learning and growing to do. But that episode really touched on a lot of things that my heart is so passionate about and helping others and just how open and raw and it was so spirit filled because we were both so emotional. And I've said this before, but I always know that God is present or like the Holy Spirit is in the room when I start to get emotional. And that's how like the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And so that episode was just so Holy Spirit filled that I think it's just my favorite one for that for that purpose of of the testimony and where I feel like my ministry is and just the Holy Spirit. And then another one that for me personally was good was the episode with Aaron Falconer on how to break up with your friends because I do feel like that was so personal to my current life situation that I feel like I personally learned a lot from that episode. And then the last one I did with Riley, gosh, Riley, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher your name, Sewell. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I did it? Okay, thank you. Riley is just so filled with the Holy Spirit and God speaks so obviously through her that every word that comes out of her mouth is anointed. And so having her on the podcast twice this year was such a blessing for not only me, but I know for everyone that listened. And honestly, I'm excited to have her on again. I feel like she'll be a regular season guest. Who is your dream podcast guest? Like if you could have, maybe give us like three. I think uh, Sadie Robertson would be one. I just, I love what she's doing and she's so young and her audience I think is very similar to mine in the sense that they're like young Christian girls, whether high school or college, just grasping to like hope and um, encouragement in in the faith-based community. So she would be probably number one. Oh, Bob Goff. Gosh, that would be a dream. I love Bob Goff. His book, Love Does was one of the first like Christian faith-based books I read. And it's really just about like what it means to love people like Jesus did. And it's so easy to read and easy to understand as like someone who was a non-believer or like like a newer believer. It just like really is such a beautiful picture of what being a Christian means. And yeah, I just love that book. And I feel like he's just full of quotes and one-liners. So obviously Haley Bieber is like, I think it'd be so interesting to to talk to someone who is in the space she's in, but is a believer and how she like navigates her life and lifestyle as a Christian in that space. I think it'd be really cool. And I'm just like a big fan of hers. I'm live by her style and her look in general. And I think it would just be really cool to talk to her. Nicole has a YouTube video that Stop. y'all should go watch <laughs> where she she recreates Haley Haley outfits and I will say you really do look like Haley Bieber I never know what to say when people say that because whenever I wear my hair slicked back like her I get it a lot and it always makes me uncomfortable because I think she's the most beautiful human ever so when people say that to me I'm like oh my gosh that's the nicest thing anyone could ever say to me and I get so red okay speaking of beauty Let's talk about your beauty and health and wellness journey this last year. I feel like you've made some moves. You like stopped eating fast food. You got your first facial. Tell it like. Yeah, you know what? I have a bone to pick with God about this one because I haven't had fast food in four months and went to get my physical and my cholesterol went up like 30 points. And what's with that? Because I thought that eating healthy meant that my cholesterol was going to go down. But I guess that's what happens when you have a family history of high cholesterol. Any doctors doctors listening, chime in on that. Why is Nicole's cholesterol, why has it gone up? It's a genetic disorder, Courtney. It really is. What can she do about it? Okay, but on another serious note, yes, I mentally and physically feel stronger. I have said this every year since I was like, 24 that I wanted to start going to the gym regularly and eating cleaner if not for me then like for my future family and I think the thought of like 
being pregnant became so real that what I put in my body is now not just affecting me, but like the chances of me getting pregnant and then obviously wanting to have that healthy habit established for when I am pregnant. So it's easier to like adjust and then same with working out. You know, I've heard if you don't work out before you're pregnant, you really can't work out during your pregnancy because you can't put your body through like an extreme change like that. So I've honestly been really excited to like kind of create, start creating this habit. It's been four months now. I haven't gone to the gym in the last week because it's not even an excuse. I haven't had the time, but I plan to get back on it ASAP. When you're at the gym, what's like your go-to music playlist? Like, what do you listen to? You know, I've really had to switch this up because I got really convicted about it, but I really love really, I'm sorry, but like ratchet, like hip hop music, just like not ratchet as in like gross, but ratchet as in like really upbeat. Like I need a fast tempo. And so I was doing that for a while, but then of course, like Nico, my like angel of a husband, he's like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, drop and give me 50. And I'm like, what are you listening to? And he's like, Zoe Worship. <laughs> I'm like, of course he is. Perfect. So we we kind of balance it out. He actually started listening to, he listens to motivational speeches when he works out. And I started listening to Stephen Furtick because I feel like he is like, he gets intense and it's super, I don't know, I just really like his style of preaching. And so I started listening to Stephen Furtick messages at the gym and I've honestly been loving it because I feel like I get, it kind of gives me like my word for the day in the morning, kind of sets the tone. Um, I think that something Nico told me, uh, he reads a lot of, he reads like two books a month and a lot of them are like, I wouldn't say self-help, but they're definitely like faith-based, critical thinking, how to live a positive life, like all these things. And in one of the books he read, it talks about how what you listen to, what you ingest in the first 30 minutes of being awake, it kind of sets the tone for your day. So if you're listening to like really intense, hardcore music, it kind of sets that tone for the day, like whatever the lyrics are, like you're kind of like ingesting those, which kind of sounds weird. And so that's why I switched over into the Stephen Furtick sermons. And it really honestly did change the tone of my day to something super encouraging. It even put me in a place of giving me a word for, you know, something I could encourage someone else with on Instagram or a friend. Like there've been plenty of times where I'm listening to a message and I just felt God say like, send this to this person. This is going to encourage them today. And it really just put me in like a good place to be able to do that. But also it's, I think it just even going to the gym in the morning has really, it just is a good start to my day and I can start a routine, which, you know, getting home, being able to like read and like I'm home by 7am and my day has started and it's really been, it just helps me feel really productive to start my day that way. I once heard someone say, if you're curious what's inside of someone, tip them over. And it's like a like a visual but like metaphor for like when you literally like cut someone off or like push someone Mm -hmm. like what comes out of their mouth Mm. is kind of like an actual indicator of what's in their heart like Mm. for me the other day this lady honked at me I rolled my window down and screamed at her (laughs) screamed and Mila's in the back seat like mom we don't talk to people that way wow and it was check I know it was just like a an indicator of like, oh my God, the mm-hmm. fact that I just did that to someone and versus when someone like pushes you over and you just assume like, oh, that must have been an accident. Like, mm-hmm. have a nice day. Yeah. Versus, you know, screaming or like the how you feel when you literally get tipped over. But it's also like a metaphor for whatever you're filling yourself with. That's what's going to pour out of you. Yeah. And I see that like you and Nico are so good about that. And it's something super admirable about y'all's lives. Thank you. It's definitely a daily practice for sure. Early in the season, I know you've talked like people have asked what your favorite worship playlists are and or, like worship songs. What have you kind of like been like, what is filling you up right now? Like, what do you feel like you're really needing from the Lord? Something I've been listening to is Never Been Alone. And like the lyrics are, I've never been alone. I've never been abandoned. And I think it just really hit me in church. They sang it. And I, whenever something really hits me in church, I go back and like, listen and read the lyrics and really see like, where, where is this resonating with me? And, and I think that those lyrics 
are a good reminder, even just of my past. Like it doesn't matter where you're at or if you feel God in that season or not, like you have never been alone. Like at any point in your life, even when you don't know God and you don't feel God, like you've, he's never abandoned you. He's never going to abandon you. So no matter what season you're in, he's there. And, and I like it because I think it is a reminder of where I've been and how God was there for me then, even when I didn't know him. What do you feel like are some things that you know are rooted from like your life at home as a child that you've seen in this last year, like you've seen yourself kind of acknowledge and, and get over. I know we've already talked about like apology and forgiveness and all yeah. of that, but what are some things like, I know as a teenager, we used to like, or I would always say, gosh, I hope I'm never like that with, when I would look at my mom or dad there, they would do yeah. things that I'd be like, oh gosh, I hope I never do that. And now I'm seeing some glimpses of those things come out in my life. What is some of that for you? Yeah, that like, I feel like marriage is a mirror for all the things you don't want to become like when the worst of you is playing those things come out and I think that for me I think because I grew up in such chaos like my inner child craves chaos so and I I read a lot about this in the book by Nicole Dr. Nicole Pedra I think um, how to do the work is her book and it's all about healing your like inner child wounds and I think that I'm in such a healthy relationship and it's only been like since we started dating till now, like three years. So that's three years of healthy like relationship versus 27, 28 years of knowing only unhealthy patterns in relationships. And so I'm like learning daily that like when it's because it's so healthy, it can feel like I feel like boring is such a hard, like harsh way to describe it, but because there's not yelling and shouting and fighting and constantly like this high, low emotion, like roller coaster, because there's a lack of that, it can feel like, I feel like complacent is a bad word too. I can't think of a word cause like I'm happy, but like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sometimes normal. it feels normal. It feels, too. Yes. Like I'll pick a fight just to pick a fight for that high of an emotion. Cause I feel like feeling angry, angry is easier for me than feeling happy. And so like joy and happiness is more of a foreign feeling for me than anger and like chaos, if that makes sense. So that would be like, from my childhood, like my parents were fighting 24 seven. Like, I don't think I ever saw them hold hands until I was like 26 years old. And so just them constantly being at each other and like everyone is constantly yelling at each other and like, that's normal. So like if I raise my voice to Nico and to me, it's not yelling. And I'm always like, babe, this is not yelling. And he's like, well, we don't talk to each other that way. And I'm like, but I'm not, I promise you, I'm not yelling at you. And he's like, well, now you're actually threatening. And I'm like, no, I'm not threatening you. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm getting annoyed. Like, Take I, us into like a fight with Nico. What does that usually look like? Nothing, nothing specific, but just in um, general, like what spurs the fight? What, ha, like, what does the actual fight look like? And then what does the resolve look like? Well, he doesn't call them fights. They're arguments. He doesn't like the word fight, but... It normally involves me making a big deal about nothing. And that's because I crave that chaos. Like I crave that like high of the emotion. I'm trying to think of an example. He's also a challenger. He's an eight on the Enneagram. He doesn't like to be challenged. And so, and I think because he's so direct, it can come off aggressive sometimes. So I forget like that's his personality and that's not him being like mean or anything. And so he'll say something and I'll be like, why did you have to have the attitude? And he's like, I didn't have an attitude. I'm like, but it sounded, I think you forget what your face and tone look and sound like when you talk sometimes. This is literally sounds like me and Gray right now. I'm the <laughs> eight in the relationship actually. And we've never had, like, I will say like with all in the last three years of, of knowing Nico and dating and being married to him, he's never once not even a little bit raised his voice at me. He's never talked down to me. He's never cursed at me. He's never, he's never said a mean thing to me. And sometimes it's annoying because when I'm mad, like I just want to yell and like get it out. 
and like say things and there'll be times in an argument where I'm in my head like and the things I want to say I just hold down because we don't talk to each other that way and like I feel like that is like such a Nico is such a gift from God especially if he was like me when it comes to arguing we would have turmoil we would have such a toxic arguing style because but because of how he is it challenges me to not want to feed into that part of my past and so it's really healthy in that way and it's again like been something I've been learning about being in a healthy relationship is yes it's healthy to argue but it's not healthy to be cursing at each other and talking down to each other and calling names to each other that is what's that's when it becomes toxic and not healthy and we've never done that even though like sometimes I'm like we argue like often but I feel like if I'm in a bad mood or I'm having an attitude or whatever and then I have to then I'll hear other people or like read or see things on Instagram or like hear other people's like problems and I'm like wow like I guess we don't argue all the time or I guess we don't argue or fight as much as maybe in my head when I'm in a bad mood think we do. I think a common misconception about marriage being like so hard. Mm -hmm. Well, it is hard, but I think the reasoning behind it is because in your first, I mean, you've been like 31 was such a pivotal year in your marriage because you're like setting so many foundational things. Mm -hmm. But that is why it's hard because you're getting a lot of those things out of the way. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be hard just because it's like too selfish people learning how to be unselfish it's like yeah. so much more than that but it's actually so productive like mm -hmm. people that are anti-marriage now which it's way easier to be anti-marriage in these days mm -hmm. it actually like you're laying the foundation to have the best life for the rest of your life and i think mm -hmm. you and nico the fights like every time we talk about it not in a toxic way like you're very good about you need to process sometimes, but mm -hmm. you're never calling to like down him or anything like yeah. that, which is very admirable. And I know you've talked a lot about that on the, on here on the show, but there's always like, you're both always pulling. What did we learn out of this? Like, what are some yeah. benefits that we're putting in our foundation? What is the biggest thing that you have learned from a fight this year? Like, I know you kind of talked about already, you know, not, there's no such thing as perfect wife and all of mm -hmm. that, but like, what's been the single most specific thing that you have learned this year that you're like, okay, this next year as a 32 year old, I'm taking this with me and I'm just going to become my new normal. I think that the little things don't matter. I think if it's something that has been weighing on me, I've really learned to not bottle things up. So if something is really bothering me, then it's important to say. But if I'm just PMSing and looking for trouble because I'm bored, then like, let that go. I think that life is too short. You know, in this last year, Nico's had some people in his life pass away. And he has a lot of trauma with, you know, his best friend dying when he was 18. And he never wants to leave the house like in an argument or in a fight. And I, I always get annoyed by that because I'm like, I can't just like snap out of it. But I'm also like, I like to pick fights out of like thin air for no reason sometimes. And so I think I've learned and I think I'm doing a pretty good job is just to like think twice before I'm like deciding to just like pick a fight out of thin air. Like, is this worth it? Should I even say anything? Or like even the nagging. Sometimes I'm like, I literally asked you like three days ago, did you do that? And normally like he has done it. But things like that, it's not necessary. Like he knows he's going to do it and I don't need to like keep nagging because that is something that I think I've always said, like, I never want to be that wife that isn't that is a nag. Like that's my biggest fear. Well, according to Google, 32 values spontaneity and creativity more than practicality. If we were doing the same podcast episode one year from now, so 32 had wrapped and the canvas was blank, what would your life look like? If you could just paint it any way that you want for this next year to end, what does 32 in a wrap, what is your dream and hope for this year? Like what's on the canvas? Oh my gosh. Well, in my canvas, I see hopefully a newborn baby because if I'm doing the math correctly, correctly, that would mean I would have a baby by next April being really settled in our new in our new spot. I feel like it's going to take a while with our schedules to like really get settled in. Uh, but the dream would be to have it, you know, just to be completely settled in and comfortable there. And then 
I want to have like at least an online course for photography by then as well. What about you and Nico? I know you've shared like some dreams that you have about the two of y'all in your faith, like ministry life. What is any of that in the canvas for this year? Or maybe that's later on. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that. I, I think we do feel very called to do ministry together. I don't know what that looks like yet or like when we haven't really felt the push from God to like start doing stuff together. I think I do want to have him on the podcast more for him and I to do like relationship stuff because I do feel that like that will be our arena. But I think it has to be in the timing. I don't ever want to force that. I feel like we would both know when we're when it's our time to start doing that. And maybe it's when we have kids and it's something that I could do more full time or part time. I love that. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Y'all really do. I mean, people, even strangers, uh, two people specifically that come to mind that I've like talked about y'all to them and they're both like wow you can just tell that these people have such a calling and anointing on their life to get, like specifically together mm-hmm. I think in LA we meet people all the time and you're like wow that is a like when Michael came in I just remember thinking like I don't know anything about this guy but he is a cool like God anointed mm-hmm. person and I think we see that a lot in LA especially in like the faith circle that we run in but as far as couples, like when you see a couple and you're like, wow, together, they're literally going to shake the world. I feel that for you, like about you and Nico, I'm not just blowing smoke because you're my friend and it's your birthday. I truly believe. <laughs> I, I mean, truly you were believe. saying that to me before you really knew me. Yeah, I've been saying that since day one. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. We received that. And it's confirmation too, like when other people say that about y'all I mean more than two now that I'm thinking about it I've had people like DM me I've had people just seen like trailing through mm-hmm. a post where maybe I tagged you and then they saw Nico and they're like wow I just looked at her and her husband's page and they're like really amazing people you can tell that they're going to do so much for the kingdom anyway I can tell this is making you awkward <laughs> <laughs> Nicole doesn't like to receive compliments I really well. words of not. affirmation are at the bottom of both of our love, love languages oh, she's like breaking eye contact with me as <laughs> I say this anyway I think this has been so fun I think that everyone will really enjoy getting to hear like lessons you've learned this year what you have on the radar for next year and happy birthday thank you yeah this was so fun now I just need to try to not be in my head about all my answers as we wrap this up <laughs> don't be in your head they were all solid anything you want to say any final piece of advice or nugget that you would give to your listeners as you close this chapter and open the new one yeah I think I would say in like regards to kind of summing up everything we've talked about from business to personal that nothing in life happens overnight unless it's some like weird like situation you know, I have a lot of people that will say, oh my gosh, like you're so successful. How did you grow your business to this? And I'm like, it's been 10 years. Like I've been doing this 10 years. Like I'm hitting, like I'm hitting such a great, like the highest point I've ever been in my business on my 10th year. And it probably started maybe seven years in where I hit a point where I'm getting dream clients. I'm, I'm literally obsessed with every aspect of my job and that does not happen overnight like that takes a lot of work a lot of discipline um and in the same thing with relationships like i was 29 when i met nico and it took a long time of studying relationships and seeing what god says about relationships and love and sex and dating and all these things nothing in my life has happened overnight everything has taken a lot of hard work a lot of discipline and I think my advice would just be like work hard and and know what you're aiming at and what your goals are and what your dreams are and just know that anything worth having takes time and so if you're in a season and you feel discouraged like you've been single for four years or you're not at your dream job like keep working hard and keep going after what your what your goals are and eventually it'll happen but if you give up then something that I uh that I've heard and that I love and I love to share is anything God has put in you is usually for someone else. And so giving up, you're really robbing 
someone else from an encouragement or from a blessing or from what's inside of you that they need to hear. And so just keep pressing into what God has placed on your heart and just be patient and trust his timing. Well, all Nicole wants for her birthday is for you to subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, (laughs) leave it a review, five stars preferably. And seriously, write a review and share the show. If it's been a blessing to you, she would never ask this. So I will do it while I'm given the opportunity to be in the hot in the host seat is to say subscribe, write a review, share it with your friends and family if you love what you're hearing. I forgot reviews were a thing. I've literally never asked anyone to leave a review. So thank you. That's why we're a good team. And thank you for interviewing me. This was so fun. So fun. So fun.